Joe Kamenkow discusses the Beatles. Gary Stern discusses the Beatles. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston, and this time I'm uh, all by myself, not with uh, Martin Ayup of Pinball News, who usually is on the other end of the line. Um, we're doing a special podcast because we got two interviews with people who were uh, very influential in the release of Stern's latest game, The Beatles. First, we have an interview with Joe Kamenkow, who uh, is basically the person who arranged the license. He made the contacts and made sure that Stern could actually make the game. And uh, the second interview is with uh, Stern CEO Gary uh, Stern, who is uh, currently already in Florida for IAPA, uh, the uh, trade show that will take place next week. And uh, he was willing to share a few words on uh, what led to this game and uh, how he feels about it, and some other stuff as well. So, um, without further ado, first let's go to the interview with uh, Joe Kamenko. Last time that we saw each other was um, early September in the Stern Factory, when you were probably there to work on a game that you've had, uh, I guess, a big involvement in, um, which is The Beatles. Yes, Yes. that's uh, correct. If I remember correctly, you were very, very enthusiastic about what you were working on at the time. So, now that the game is um, sort of out in the open, what would you like to tell uh, about it? Well, you know, it's a... It's a very special game. Gary and I have been trying on and off to get this title for more than a decade. It was one of those things we keep going back and back and back to try and get. And um, actually, we finally um, put together a presentation with a tremendous amount of help from Chris Franchi that we were able to sort of share a different vision of, of the Beatles, more of that first coming to American 1964 Beatles that got uh, both uh, Joe, uh, we call him Beatle Joe, from, or Joe Mazzarito from um, Bravado um, to, to get excited about it. And he arranged the meeting with us with the head of licensing for, for Apple Corp, who was also doing some things at the time in Las Vegas with the uh, Love Show, mm-hmm. and we all met in Vegas and looked at the, the vision that we had come up with, and they were generally excited about it, and they generally thought it was something worth pursuing, and um, from the best of my knowledge, everything um, that we put together was presented to PROI, uh, which stands for Paul, Ringo, Olivia, and Yoko, and I guess um, either they or their representatives liked it, and they approved the project. So then it was sort of like, okay, now now that you've got it approved, what do you do? Right. Because uh, just just from my understanding, sorry to interrupt you, but so Chris Frenchy put put together uh, an art package. Does that mean that he came up with like a a backglass design or did he already have side art for games or... uh, No, he he came up with the the cabinet and the backglass, basically, and and the backglass, which 
that version of the game you will see on the gold package, which was sort of like a Beatles 1964 coming to America. But one of the things we wanted to do, you know, we, you know, first of all, we looked very closely at the color palette, um, and we looked at very closely at the kind of game we wanted to make. And, um, yeah, we wanted to make it really fun and, and be kind of more of a Beatles mania moment, not something that was uh, so stiff or so hard, but pretty lighthearted and, and pretty fun. Right. So. so Chris came up with the backlash and the, and, and the cabinet, and that was part of the presentation. And everybody liked the direction we were going, so they got us, you know, enough in, 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 in a let's do this moment, then we could go back and, you know, create real art and, and a real play field and real things. And the play field is a really interesting discussion. You know, we kind of talked about what should a Beatles game be? You know, do you go back and do something with gadgets or, you know, something, you know, it was really, you know, you know, a high impact, more modern product. And we kind of all came to the conclusion, and especially driven by George, comments, that we probably could do something better and a little bit more fun and, and make it a little bit more of a modern retro product. So, you know, we, we looked and saw that, you know, we, we all kind of liked the uh, Trouble Temple Annihilation. It was a single-level game. Um, a lot of the fans of Stern, you know, it's funny, I was listening to all the inside comments and all the comments, but for years we've been getting comments to go back and take a classic Stern product, whether it be a Meteor or a Galaxy or or a sea witch and, and make those those games because they were great play fields and nobody's seen those games for 40 years I mean these things come out in the 70s those games are in basement but certainly not really on location anymore and uh, George originally we looked actually at Galaxy really closely we almost went with Galaxy um, and then George came back and said let's look at sea witch you know we got the four banks we got the four flippers um, it was kind of a real fun game. And then we, we sat down and we looked and said, well, what were the, the problems with see which one was originally made? Well, you know, that ball always got stuck behind that goofy metal flap on the right side. And, you know, because the small balls of the ball didn't find themselves or games didn't keep themselves running. That was that was a non-starter back then. You know, the game didn't have multi-ball. The game didn't have super jackpot shots. So we wanted to kind of maintain some of the, the, the brilliance of the original rules, but make a more modern version and add deeper features. But we want to make something that people could walk up to, games a little bit higher up on the glass. Um, still modern, make the left loop shot so you can make the right flipper and do a loop and a loop and a loop pretty graciously and easily. As a matter of fact, that's why we threw a magnet on the top. So somebody just didn't do, you know, 100 loops in a row um, just to stop the ball and bring it back into the top bumpers. And, and then we have the, the, the spinner hook have the magnets of multi-ball would be a little bit more fun and get more of that classic fireball, you know, throw the ball around, but actually with the magnet kind of catches it and throws it around even more. And uh, we put together a white wooden, you know, the right way to go. You know, something that won't outprice the game, um, something that's really fun, something that uh, a novice can walk up to because of the, the, the brand and really enjoy the game, something that a skilled player can go back and really have a a good time with, and the game's pretty loaded. I mean, it's got, you know, multiple drop target banks, multiple flippers, multiple targets, lots of hot bumpers. I mean, it's just kind of fun. And, um, you know, it just all started to come together. And the rules started to come together. 
Um, I can speak to the songs. Um, and I was uh, about to get into and, that, so... <laughs> yeah, a bunch of different modes that, that were associated with those songs. Um, we really did an amazing job on the display work. I probably haven't seen it yet, but it's, it's just, wow, fantastic. It really shows how great the display could be on a, on a pinball for the first time, I think. Not to say that everything else hasn't been wonderful before, but I think, you know, kind of amped it up to a, a new level. And it's just, you know, just something that, you know, everybody can enjoy, and we're just not making that many of them. I think the other good thing about this product, you know, and Gary and I have talked about it, and, and Dave as well, you know, we're not making another version of this game. This is going to be made as Beatles. This playfield's only going to be used for Beatles. And we're only making 1,964 of them. And it should really hold its value, both for an operator or for a player. You know, we want to see these things in family entertainment centers and, and bowling alleys and movie theaters and Dave and & Buster's and places like that again. Right. And I think we'll get that. You know, that's the kind of response we're getting. We're going to get that. Right. Um, there's a rumor going around that uh, there's a restriction that there is no coin mech in the coin door uh, because... The no, that's not true. Okay. So, uh, because apparently the game was not supposed to go on location, but I guess that's not, no, it's, you, you it's can't not stop that. Location. Yeah, okay. No, no, we, that, we, we have their, their approval for the game to have coin doors. Okay, excellent. So, yeah. um, when are we going... Yeah, we expect most of them will go into personal collections, we really think. Well, that's very like. Well, that that also depends on who are you targeting the game to. Are you targeting uh, pinball collectors or are you collecting uh, targeting Beatles collectors? Well, I think I think that's the beauty of this, right? We are getting the Beatle collectors, and they're tremendous Beatle collectors. And if you're a Beatle collector, and you ever look at all the Beatles things that are on eBay, this is fresh, new, new art, um, interactive uses their music, uses videos. I mean, it's a very interactive product. So, you know, I think the Beatle collector is going to love it. I think the pinball collector is going to love it. The person that's a Beatle collector and a pinball collector, well, you know, they're just in, 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 uh, in heaven over this product. And then the operator, the one, something they can put back out on the street that's not too complex, they can service, they're just taking off the glass and not taking off ramps to keep it clean. That's really fun and easy to understand, um, but deep enough. You know, it's, it's easy to learn, hard to master. But for that person, that, we think the game's going to be great. And you know, you know, to be honest with you, um, a real good portion of the product is already sold. I mean, you know, we there, you know, there aren't going to be that many unspoken for. I don't think at the end of the next week or two. Now, obviously, you know, our distributors, you know, have. have stepped up and, and, and ordered, you know, robustly. And, um, you know, some of the collectible places have, have done the same. So, again, I, I don't think it's going to be a product that's going to be on the line for very long. I think we're going to make them and, and, you know, this Christmas a good portion of them are going to get sold and, and be gone. Right. Well, obviously, uh, uh, the number of games they can make is limited. So once those are made, that's it. Right. That's it. 1964. There are 100 diamonds, 250 platinums, and the balance are gold. Right. So, um, in terms of the, uh, the, the, the design 
um, uh, process. You you talked about how the the sewage playfield got enhanced. Um, was there at mm-hmm. any point the idea of like, hey, on this Vonelli game a couple of years ago, we used the stepper motor to uh, recreate um, uh, electromechanical score reels? Is that something which would yeah, have been appropriate? Yeah, we didn't think it added that much value for what we were trying to do with this project. You know, we even looked at mechanical chimes because we'd done that on Tommy. Right. And again, we just didn't think the cost benefit um, was was worth it. I mean, you know, in terms of expense, I mean, I've, uh, I've been involved with a lot of pinball projects over my years with the Star Wars and Jurassic Parks and whatnot. But, you know, this was an exceptionally... Um, um, you know, a capital-intensive project to create. So, um, you know, this is, this is this, you know, when people talk about their dream game, having a Beatles game, um, you know, Stern and Capal took an extraordinary risk to bring this to life. Right. Um, so, you know, it, you know, don't expect things like this to happen again in the future. This is this is a shooting star, quite a rarity. Right. Well, there's only one Beatle, so... Yeah. Um, uh, and it took 50 years to get a license for it, plus, you know? Right. And... Um, We've never had one before. Um, did the... Um, uh, it's, it's, this might be an odd question, but in terms of gameplay, did the licensor have to approve anything for that, or was it more like you're the experts on that, you figure that out and make sure that it makes sense? Well... They, they were involved with everything we did. Um, and, you know, though they, from the making a game that's a fun pinball, you know, they obviously left it to our expertise to deliver on it. But, you know, at the end of the day, we still flew a game to London for everyone there to play and look at and comment on and make suggestions on. And, and, and even after we were there and did, we showed them the game, you know, we went back and, you know, had quite a few inclusions of things that they were able to offer to us or share with us that we didn't have before and they were excited about. And, you know, we got some extra video and a few other things that really made the game better. So um, in terms of, you know, you know, from an art standpoint, they approved everything, all the sounds, all the display, everything we did. And, of course, you know, like, you know, whether you scored 10000 on something or 50000 on something, they, they didn't quite get involved in that level. They left it to our expertise. But I can't wait for people to see it and play it. I mean, they're gonna. We, you know, we've had some customers in. As far as the day you were, you were actually in the office. We had a few customers that had come back and actually seen the game. And you know, people want to like this game. People are excited about the Beatles. But what's really great is once they do get to actually see the game and play it, they just love it. I mean, the game is just a, a hands down. You know, you just when you you play. Multi-ball with a hard day's night, you just can't help but smile. It's fun. It it sounds like fun, and um, I saw the smile on your face when we met in the factory when you were actually in the engineering department working on this uh, mm-hmm. or, or discussing it. Or um, usually, a smile on people's face tells that they are uh, firm believers that what they are working on is going to be good. And I have no doubt that uh, that you have that feeling about this game. And um, yeah. the proof is often in the pudding, in the sense that you have to play it because it's easy to 
to to go by a couple of photos and think what might happen. But like I said, you have to play it. So then the well, question. Well, that's what's been so entertaining for me. All these people making you know, all these comments. I've never played the game or shot a single ball or heard it. You know, it's just like I just kind of, and I, you know, makes me kind of laugh a little bit because they're they're so incredibly uninformed. But I think you know, I'll let the you know, I'll let the product do the talking. It's it's just great, and and I can't tell you how many of my personal friends that for the first time in their life have said. I'm buying this pinball and putting it in my house or in my office or in my my uh, game room or my bar downstairs. I mean, I have I probably have like eight personal friends that are like, "Please put me on the list to get this game," and I, that's never happened in anything I've made in the you know 40 years of making pinball. So it's, right. it's pretty exciting. It's pretty fun. Okay, um, you know, if you're a serious pinball collector, you have to have this game. Period. You have to have a Beatles pinball. You probably do, yeah. So, um, now this is your second game that you're doing with um, Stern as Kapow. Mm-hmm. Um, can we expect more? Well, you know, probably. But it's got to be the right license and the right opportunity to make sense for, for, for us. I mean, the reason I, I do this is Gary and I, you know, are, you know, Gary's in his almost mid-70s. I'm about to be 60. You know, we started this company a long time ago. And it kind of gives us a way to stay connected in a way that's not just the daily, you know, how you doing, what you have for dinner phone call. And we just really enjoy each other so much. I enjoy George and, and the rest of the team over there. And, you know, look, I've, I've got, you know, you know, a full-time job that is not pinball. And, you know, if I find the right thing that makes sense, that's, really special. I mean, the, the, the Batman thing was really special because of my relationship with Adam West. And my goodness, who could have imagined he passed away just a mere month after the project was finished. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, this was just an opportunity that, you know, we worked on for so long that it finally came to be. So, you know, will there be something else? Yeah, probably. Do we have any plans at the moment? You know, Gary's got a pretty full schedule. You know, if something makes sense, we'll we'll do something again. So I, I would suspect we will, but nothing in the in the in the in the fireplace right now. Right. So um how excited I know you've you were excited about the game. How excited were you to actually land after ten years this Beatles license, if you want to call it that? Well, it was, it was thrilling. I mean, honestly I never I wasn't sure it would ever happen. Um and, you know, it started out with, well, they're kind of interested and they're kind of excited and they're really interested to, all right, let's see if we can put terms together to see if we can make this make sense. Um, it was a very large guarantee and, you know, uh, a lot, again, a very large commitment for, for both me and Gary to do this project. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to go, there's a cherry on the, on the Sunday of one's career. There's a cherry on the Sunday of, oh, of one's business and you know this is just a feather in our cap to be able to have to, to do the Beatles and you know, the great thing about it when you look at it Jonathan is it's fun to love that Christensen artwork with all the hidden stuff in it there's a lot of hidden stuff in this it's all Beatlemania 
you know, when you look at the play field, I mean, when was the last time you saw a play field that actually had some wood where, the, you know, she's going through the play field where you see the grain of the wood in places like they used to do uh, 30 years ago, right? Because, right. you know, like in recent days, it just cover every inch with paint. So, you know, Chris did a marvelous job just kind of allowing this artwork to breathe, to give it a retro art package, which is actually a lot of the colors on the game are the most popular colors for fashion in September of 19. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's just a marvel. Altogether, it's just a beautiful package together. And, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, fun to compete and game of skill and all that old. It's sort of like, you know, what that pinball should have been if it was made in 1967 or 1972. And, but with mo- modern technology and modern display. And, and, you know, I said to somebody, we could have never made this game 10 years ago. There was just no possible way we could have done that. Our our sound wasn't that good. Our display wasn't that good with dots. And our printing technology for the play fields could not have made a game that looks as good as this game because we didn't have the technology to make the faces look that good. So it's sort of like, you know, the timing was right from a technology standpoint. And everything sort of kind of fell, fell in place the right way. Okay. Um, this uh, game features eight songs uh, by the Beatles, mm-hmm. of course. Um, yeah. There's been some confusion whether it's complete songs or whether it's looped fragments. Uh, is there anything you can say about that? Well, the songs are pretty. The songs are all pretty long. The songs are are actually trimmed to work in the features. Right, so some features are a minute long, some are two minutes long, some are, you know, a minute and a half long. So just depending, you know, what song and what the feature is, um, is, is how the, the song is trimmed. It wasn't more like, you know, everything's 15 seconds. If you're a Beatles song, you'll, you'll hear mostly complete songs um, through through the game. Right. Um, I mean, that speculation is, you know, it was, again, it's like anything, you know, you make a mode and if it's 45 seconds long, you play your, your, your background sound during that period for 45 seconds. So. Right. So, um, now, you mentioned this game is, uh, uh, all models are themed around, um, uh, sort of like what the Beatles were in, uh, around 1964, if, right. I, if I understand it's it correctly. Coming to America, Beatles. I mean, we even had to go back and get the license for Pan Am to use their logo on this game when they landed at Shea Stadium and, and you know in New York, right. things like that. I mean, there's we had to do a lot of extra work to make this thing feel authentic. Right. Um, even even the speech is done by cousin Brucey, who introduced the Beatles in 1965 in Shea Stadium, and he does a radio show on XM Radio in America. Right, so you guys really did your homework and make sure that everything in the game is fitting to the theme. Yep, even even the different musical instruments, we licensed all the different instruments, so it would be historically correct. Right, okay. Um, now, where I was getting with, um, or trying to get with my question, so uh, this Beatles game is themed around the, the 1964 uh, period. Obviously, the, the Beatles... Right. 
uh, made a lot of music in their uh, career and they 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 went on for uh, for quite a while. Um, right. Let's say. Uh, assuming this game is going to be a success and it will, uh, all games will be sold and everybody can look back on a fantastic uh, achievements accomplished. Um, mm -hmm. Would there be a chance that in a couple of years that you might say like, you know what, why not do a Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart ba uh, Beats uh, uh, band? Um, a type of Beatles game, you know. Um, there's a relation with the with the licensors. If they like what we did before, mm -hmm. could that work, or is that like, well, we'll see at that time. Well, I, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't preclude anything, but nothing's you know in the works. I think right now our 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 focus is let's finish this game, get it in production, get it in the hands of the consumer. See how it does in the marketplace. See how people like it. And if there's hunger, you know, there's obviously you know a lot of different eras of the Beatles. Whether it be you know making a white album or doing a Rubber Soul or you know, who knows? You know, or Sgt. Pepper's or Yellow Submarine. Who knows? There's always that opportunity or possibility. But I think for right now, we're going to just keep our, our focus on what we're we're putting in the market, and we'll we'll assess that and other things that we've. You know, talked about in, in the near future, right? But, you know, obviously building relationships with licensors and having good experiences, and you know, you know having them happy with the the result of of your hard work. You know, you always keep relationships intact, right? Right. Um, yeah. So as 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 you mentioned, um, playing the game is sort of key to to. Um, understanding it and seeing it and feeling it, experiencing it basically. Um, so the the main question probably is, when will people be able to play it in public? Well, it's in production tomorrow. So I would suspect, you know, depending how quickly they get built and go through the initial QA uh, test, um, I would suspect. You know, they'll be shipping. You know, this week, next week. I mean, they'll they'll be out there very soon. Well, Stern is very quick. You usually happen in the market before Christmas. Yeah. Well, that's for sure. Usually, when Stern announces a game, um, it could be on the line in a couple of days and and shipping because obviously there's no point in keeping yeah, that's, the games that's in the factory. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you know, the game's all approved. It's ready to go, and um, you know, it's it's rolling down the line. Are there any special events planned for this uh, game? I mean, with other games, Stern does launch parties and so on. Um, is that also the case in this case, or is this... Um, I think we're talking about a couple things, but nothing's been decided. You know, you've got some big trade shows coming up. IAPA's coming up in a week. Um, CES show is coming up. Um, we were originally going to launch the product, you know, I think at the CES show. But... You know, we showed it to some of our customers. They really wanted it for Christmas this year, and right. uh, figured we would move it up a little bit to try and you know accommodate some of those holiday sales. But our, our distributors really wanted to be able to you know use and and and, and deal with it. Okay, well, excellent. Um, I guess this. Well, you've answered uh, uh, all of my questions uh, and more. 
Um, I guess we'll just have to go out and find a game to play uh, to form our valid opinion. Yeah, you know, it's um, there's a there's a lot in there. I mean, it's for for a person that just is going to flail, um, they're going to have a really good time. For a person that wants to really go deep and get to some of the more you know, wizardy things, they're in there as well. And uh, you know, I'll tell you, playing a game with Jules music is just incredibly fantastic. And and look at the game and look at it for the art that Chris did. You know, I know a lot of people were really rough. They you know, just saw an early picture of the game, but it's beautiful. It's detailed. There's, you know, there's just a lot of nice memories in there. And, uh, you know, his work was spectacular. And, 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 you know, Chris gets a lot of credit for helping us get to the point of, of getting this product into the market. And, and George Gomez was just a rock star. I mean, he's, he and I just collaborate so nicely together and so easily. Um, Jerry Thompson did great music. Tim Grover did wonderful programming. Uh, you know, Greg did great jo- job, you know, running all the art to the art group. I mean, it, it was really a collective effort. And, uh, you know, everybody was just, you know, never lost their enthusiasm the whole way through this project. Great. Um, you mentioned Jerry Thompson, who did music. So there is additional music besides the seven, uh, sorry, eight Beatles songs in the game, like background music when you don't have a song playing. Is that how I should? Well, I think there's, that? There's, there's, I think there's transitional things that occur. Right. But it's primarily, you know, everything you hear is the Beatles music and and seamlessly put together. Right. Okay. Well, Jerry's very good at that, and uh, sound effects as well, of course. Jerry, Jerry went the extra mile to do this game. I mean, Jerry came up with the idea yep, with Cousin Bruce, and uh, he made a phenomenal job out of it. Right. Um, okay, well, I can't wait to play it. I hope to, to be able to play it very soon. And um, I would encourage everybody who heard about this game and is uh, interested in seeing whether the hype is real or not, to, to find a game and, and try it for themselves. Yeah, it's real. Well, well I, you know, it's, I'm, I'm really happy to be associated with this project. And, uh, you know, this might be the last pinball I ever make. Um, we'll see. But uh, if, it, if it is, damn, it's a good one to go out on. <laughs> right. It doesn't sound that, that, that doesn't sound that positive in the sense that if it's the last one you'll ever make, I mean, if this is... Uh, a great success, then you don't want it to be the last one that you'll ever make, right? That well, for me, it's just a matter of time poverty. I'm, you know, I, I, I'm very, very busy with commercial slot machines and with Zynga, and the, we just launched the new Willy Wonka um, and the Chocolate Factory game um, on, on your iPhone and Android last Thursday, and it's a very big, very, very big hit. And we're working on Harry Potter right now, so we're really busy. So it's just a matter of time for me. Right. Okay. No, that makes total sense. Um, yeah. But let's hope it's not your not your last pinball machine. Let's hope not. Okay. Well, I want to thank you for your uh, time to uh, to discuss this Pleasure. game and your involvement in it, and 
thank you for coming on uh, on this podcast and um, good luck with everything. Thanks. And I hope you all have a good time playing it. And when you see it on location, please put an extra five or ten bucks in it with you. It really matters to the operators. We'll see you all soon. So there you have it, Joe Kemenkow, uh, who arranged the license of the Beatles for Stern Pinball about the game. And without further ado, let's immediately move on to Gary Stern, uh, uh, CEO of Stern Pinball, also discussing the same game, the Beatles. So what are we going to talk about, Jonathan? Well, I heard... <laughs> We're going to talk about Beatles Pinball, right? Um, if you if you'd like to say a few words about Beatles Pinball, and um, that would be great. I'm very curious what made you choose this uh, this theme, and uh, how did you get to it? And uh, well, of course, we know you 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 always praise the latest game, which in this case would not be any different. But this has to be a special game. Yeah, this is a special game, and you've talked to Joe. You you know that he and I have worked for a decade. Uh, he more than me, uh, but me also, to, but to, a decade together to get this title. It's the ultimate title. Uh, it's the ultimate rock and roll band. It's the ultimate music. Um, and um, uh, so he, together we've, we've wanted this. Uh, he's, he's, he's the leading oar in getting, the, uh, getting this title. This is the, if there was a culmination of a career, getting this title would be it. The game itself, of course, is just—it's just fun, and it's—it's it's Beatles, it's rock and roll, it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, um, uh, you know, eight now nine nine songs because we've added, we couldn't stop ourselves. We added a, a ninth song, uh, which is uh, it? Taxman and Taxman, and uh, so now we got nine songs on it. Probably that's where now that's where we're going to stop. It's got to stop. It's got to stop. Any event, this game I talked to you before about. Uh, we normally have, we always have three market segments. We've got uh, uh, commercial game operators. Uh, we've got enthusiasts, pinball enthusiasts, and collectors, and we've got what I call rec room buyers. Uh, somebody who, you know, has a uh, a man cave or whatever in, in rec room and uh, wants a pinball machine because they played pinball machines when they they were young. Uh, this. This game's perfect for all of them. It's very approachable. Uh, the casual player in the street, uh, the uh, rec room buyer will be able to walk up to this game and know what to do. Drop targets, a lot of drop targets, uh, physical state changes. You know, if you, you, know, if you uh, get the four in the middle down, you spell four, F-O-U-R, or the three on the left, fab, and you know, well, you want to do that again. It's, it's very understandable, very easy, and yet there's... There's plenty of added rules and deep rules, uh, and some uh, mechanical things uh, for uh, the uh, uh, better player. Um, but there's a fourth segment, and that's collectibles, uh, Beatles collectibles. There's a huge, huge uh, Beatles collectible market, uh, and biggest uh, you know that, that we touched, I'm sure. Uh, and we've made other titles that you know are, are great titles, but this has a collectible base. So these games, there's only 1964 for the year that that the Beatles first came to to America, and uh, so therefore there's going to be for the collectors, they're going to find this game 
uh, our, our dealers and distributors will look for collectible markets, but to the extent they don't find it, shame on them, the collectors will will find it, and I'm sure these games will have value. There's only 1,964 of them. Right. We make normally three times that many, two to three, four times that many of a game. Right. So this is a title that in a couple of weeks is off the line and gone. Um, well, the first thousand will be built right away, um, and uh, they'll be sold in packages to our dealers and distributors, packages of 10, one diamond out of the 100, diamond, uh, two, uh, two um, uh, platinum out of the 250, so we're only using 200 of them right away, platinum, and then uh, seven of the gold. And again, these games play great you know, for all, all the uses. Uh, that leaves uh, uh, 964 more games, uh, most of them, of course, uh, uh, gold. Uh, being gold. And we may make a few more gold this year. We'll make the platinums, the last 50 platinums probably next year, and we'll make the red more gold uh, next year. We can only make so many, so the, and those thousand are, you know, uh, they're, they're spoken for. So, why are you trying to sell the game this way? I don't recall that, the, that, that there have been other games that were sold in blocks like 10 no, games. that's true. Uh, that's, that's true. It's, it's just, it means that uh, everybody gets some of everything. We're trying to spread it out. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, would this be a, uh, a model that you would probably continue on future uh, other titles where you would just have the pro premium and uh, limited edition model um, that you well, those are the pro premium the pro premium limited edition is our cornerstone model this is a studio game uh, you know Kapow and us uh, and uh, so this model is not something that we're typically talking about doing now <laughs> I'm sitting here saying no never well that, you know that's you, 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 we cast decisions in cream of wheat, not concrete. <laughs> Last time I put a decision in concrete it was about 40 years ago, and the next day I had to get a jackhammer out to uh, undo it. But in any event, um, I, we had no plans to to, to change our, our normal business model. This is Beatles is unique, unique. Right. So that explains also uh, the the. Um the different pricing on the game, I guess, because if distributors have to buy it in blocks of 10, that changes their whole um, pricing, uh, I guess. Because obviously, they need to... I don't know. Well... Hey, Jonathan, we don't discuss pricing, you know that. <laughs> um... Obviously, you're, you're very enthusiastic about this game. Um, when... Can people play I played it? it. <laughs> oh, right. Um, you have one in your hotel room right now. Uh, no, but I know that I just no, I don't. <laughs> so, but uh, so, but we will we will have it uh, next week at the IAPA show, and that'll be the first uh, uh, public uh, showing of the game. Right. So, first public uh, appearance of the game will be at uh, IAPA Florida show. Which is next yep. week, right? Yep. Um, That's on Tuesday. 
Now, speaking of the IEPA show, last year at the IEPA show, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy debuted over there and was... Um, uh, well, the code was still in development at that point in time. Um, we're not going to discuss about that, but I'm curious about how far is the code along for Beatles? Uh, 1.0, 1.0 code. Will we do some things or add some things later? Maybe. Uh, but this is very good code. Okay. Excellent. Um, now, speaking of code, um, you mentioned this is a, a, a sea witch which has been updated and upgraded and so on. Um, will we still recognize any of the original rules of sea witch for those who remember those? Or is it just a completely different game? Oh, you'll recognize some of some of the rules. Yeah, you'll recognize some. But we, you know, Sea Witch uh, was a great drop target game. Good flow. Uh, George has made some changes in in the geometry, uh, only to the better. Added some, uh, you, you know, that we've added spinning disc magnet, more spinning targets, uh, some other shots, so forth. Um, we've added something we didn't have back in the day, and that's multi ball. So there's a couple different multi balls in this game. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's added stuff and there's old, there's, uh, uh, retro stuff. But, you know, again, we're, both us and the Beatles, we wanted to go back. And it, this, this is the game that if you had modernized, if you had made a game in 1964, you know, or, or the 70s for the Beatles, this would have been it modernized with a lot more, with an LCD display, with uh, animation, with uh, video clips, uh, you know, with the with live music, that uh, actual Beatles perform music that you couldn't have, rec you know, put into the game back in that day. Uh, so it's a retro game uh, uh, glamorized. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, uh, uh, to uh, uh, the modern time. Right. Um, what I was also wondering about, um, Stern did the uh, the Wonelli game, and from that came later the Pabst Can Crusher game, which was in a, uh, mm -hmm. a more uh, regular cabinet, but a lower yeah. cabinet, and with a different back box, with still the electromechanical type uh, scoring reels. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering, wouldn't that have made more sense for this title? Such a cabinet. Um, this game's great. I think it's perfect the way it is. I think what George did with it is wonderful. Um, but we do simulate reels, by the way, on the LCD display. Okay. You know, uh, you know. Again, we modernize with all LEDs, LCD, the spike system, so forth. Right. Well, nobody has seen. Uh, nobody outside the factory has seen any uh, images of the LCD or video. So uh, that's still. Oh, you will soon. You will soon. Okay. Excellent. Um, mm -hmm. Now you're currently in uh, Florida for the IAPA show. Yep. Um, uh -huh. You still do an amazing amount of shows uh, that you attend to. Um, what's your role at the company right now? I'm the CEO. That means president, should CEO. Um, you know, although my partner is very involved too. Of course, you know, you know, Dave's very involved. Right. So um, mm -hmm. now we talked earlier this year, and that interview is published in Pinball Magazine number five, where uh, we talked about Stern hiring Doc Score to uh, to fill in 
uh, at some European shows, uh, so you don't have to go yep. there. Um, uh, that and, also, and also, and also, handling the day-to-day work with the customers, it's more than just shows. You know, every morning, uh, you know, <laughs> the uh, the export salesperson is up on the phone talking to the customers uh, uh, because there's a time difference, uh, and uh, he's doing that, and he's talking to them and corresponding and, and keeping track and getting and selling them and getting orders. I talk to them some, but he's talking to them on a regular basis. So right. he picked up a lot of that, which has freed my time to pick up doing a lot of other things. Right, because I don't we're get growing, the... You know, we're growing business. Right, because I don't get the idea that you're trying to slow down, although that might have been the intent, but it doesn't seem like that. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> But I'm still pretty busy, yes. I'm still very busy. Um, okay. Um, and I like it. Oh, that's a good thing. You know, I like pinball. I like I like pinball. I like this business. I like what we've built. Uh, the guys have done a great job, so I'm all happy with all of it. It's all very good. Right. Um, so uh, you haven't reached the point where you figured, like, okay... The company is in good hands. I'm out of well, here. Well, yeah, let me. Yeah, no, I'm not out of here. But we do plan for succession, uh, and we, you know, we're we're working through. Uh, you know, Doug Doug takes over uh, the day to day on the export sales. There's some other things that we've uh, uh, delegated, and uh, uh, so we, you know, we are moving it. And it's got we've beefed up the management, so it's got top management in many areas. All the areas where I don't have to. It, it, this is not Gary makes all the decisions. Everything comes to Gary. This is not the same company. This is, you know, my phrase. This is not my father's pinball company. Right. We do a lot more things than just make uh, a, a pinball machine once and never again. And we uh, uh, make a lot. Do a lot of other uh, uh, digital and uh, and uh, uh, accessories and uh, and uh, merchandise and. Uh, Events and tours and so forth. You know, it's it's everything pinball. Right. So, um, in the past, you also tried to, uh, and you still are, uh, uh, pushing pinball into China. How has that been so far? Coming along. Coming along. Okay. It's. I want. You know. It's. It, it's a new market. Uh, which is very, very exciting. Uh, and in fact, uh, our Chinese customers will be at IAPA. And uh, and we also, we have a number of our European customers that are going to be at the IAPA show coming to Chicago after the show for a factory tour and then a barcade tour. I'm taking them on the barcade tour. You've, you've been to the barcade. But it, within, within five miles of my apartment in Chicago, there's... 10, soon to be 11 barcades. Right. Now, it, it's a concept in America that is growing. Yeah. We, we, we have a list We have a list of about 650 of them, and I know that's not complete. Well, we should definitely get into the barcade scene here in Europe. I can't wait for that to uh, to start. There's um, a few out uh, there uh, in, in Europe. This, uh, I've been to a, a number of them in Australia. Um, and there's some in England. Uh, there's one in 
it's in Norway or Sweden that I'm familiar with called Tilt. Uh, there, there are some starting, and it, it's a concept that works. Right. Um, now, this Beatles game, which is a uh, um, upgraded Sea Witch, here you have a... Um, a play field, like you said, anybody can walk up to this game and understand what they have to do, and it's fun, it's easy. Um, wouldn't that be like the type of game that you would actually need to to um, enter a new market like the Chinese market, uh, because it's not that intimidating? They're, as very, they're very excited about the game, and they're very excited about the title. Okay. And on the other hand... Um, walk up to Deadpool. George has done a great job with Deadpool, where there's plenty there for the the, uh, the great player, but a casual player, you know, it's, it's got a three bank right in the sweet spot, uh, and that gets you two ball multi ball when you lock the ball behind. It's easy. It's you know intuitive. Right. Okay. So um, George has done a great job with that. Oh, no argument there. Yeah. Um, I'm just. Reasoning like okay, here we have a single level play field. Um, I'm sure it'll be a great success in China. Okay, well let's hope so. Um, I'm just not sure whether the Chinese have any idea who the Beatles are. <laughs> they they heard about it and they are they they are all over it. You know you they have a lot of ideas of listen. One of the things that they were all excited about, and of course we had no control of the sales was uh, when we made the Supreme games. Well, how do they know what the Supremes are? <laughs> Go to China and look at all the people wearing Supreme real and not real stuff. Right. Okay. They're, they're, you know, they're, they, they know what's going on. Right, okay. Um, speaking of China, would you consider making a game with a popular Chinese theme specifically for that market? It has to be uh, maybe. I mean, consider anything. Um, there's economics involved. The problem is the cost to design a uh, you know uh, spend a million million and a half dollars to design a game for a limited market that is just growing is sort of difficult. It's the same problem we have worldwide, and that is to uh, uh, have uh, titles that uh, should have not just U.S. appeal but world appeal. Right. Um, when we did something like, you know, we in, in the first time we did Simpsons, uh, a lifetime ago, we were, I believe, the second licensee. It wasn't really known in Europe. It was so successful because it was so important in America. The second time we did Simpsons, it was known in Europe. When we did uh, uh, Family Guy, we, we did it as Shrek. Uh, in, right. in NASCAR, we redid as uh, as uh, Grand, uh, Prix. Grand Prix. There's some titles... You know, that we've had to do that with, but that's not particularly desirable. And today, with what you have to do with uh, LCDs and, and so forth, uh, and music, and, uh, to, to retitle a game, re -art, skin a game, re-art a game, not really very practical. Right. And yet, here we are with Beatles, which sort of is a reskin of a game. Well, no, no, no. no. Yeah, but it's worldwide. It's a worldwide title. It's much more than a reskin. Right. Much okay. more than a reskin. Okay. okay, and at this point we drifted off a little bit and um, ended up discussing uh, the Consumer Electronics Show 
and uh, other trade shows that Gary is still uh, visiting, just like the IAPA show. So uh, let's hear a few comments from Gary about that. You know, we go to the Consumer Electronics Show. That one of the things, the last thing that has built pitball uh, so much is that we, uh, we, we do so much effort to expose pinball. When we go to the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, we're exposing pinball to uh, general news magazines, to uh, podcasts, uh, to game magazines, to uh, uh, just, uh, just a huge market of people. And so I, I'll be at the Consumer Electronics Show uh, and then go in, in right from there to the uh, London Show. Right. Um, is there uh, any chance we're going to see Beatles at the London show, or is that... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course you'll see it there. Yeah, of course you will. All right, Gary Stern of Stern Pinball on the Beatles and a lot more. Hope you enjoyed these interviews. Um, I'm heading out of here. If you still are waiting to order a copy of Pinball Magazine number 5 or any of the previous issues. I am shipping out a batch of orders tomorrow, so if you hurry, you might still be able to um, to be in that batch, and by tomorrow I mean um, November 6th in uh, European time. Um, also feel free to subscribe to the Pinball Magazine newsletter on www.pinball-magazine.com um, so you get our monthly free uh, newsletter update with all the latest happenings in uh, in the industry of pinball. Um, we'll be back uh, probably at the beginning of next month with uh, such a newsletter and a new podcast together with Martin Ayup, who, as um, although I'm doing this podcast by myself, I have to mention that Martin put in quite a few questions for Gary Stern. Um, so, uh, I still see this as a collaborative effort between Pimmel News and Pimmel Magazine. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope to, uh, to see you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye.